For some, my skin is an automatic reason for them to feel offended or intimidated by my voice, choices, truth, and decision to defend what I know is right. My emotions, which sometimes includes anger, are perceived as an attack instead of a reasonable response to valid issues or concerns. And today, we're going to talk about that. I'm Alicia Caldwell, the mental fitness coach and the host of the Me, Myself, and Her podcast, where issues that challenge the mental fitness of women leaders take the spotlight. Today's conversation is personal for me, but I know I'm not alone. And as professional Black women, we have historically been expected to be present, but not heard. We're even invited into the room sometimes, but not given a seat at the table. There are even times where our opinions have been asked, but our truth has been muted. What I mean by that is, you ask me a question, and when I give you a true and authentic answer, you disregard it. Our voices have even been vilified to keep us silent and out of important conversations and decisions that affect us and our aspirations. By labeling us as angry, it's easier to disregard the value and validity of our stance. It's easier to disregard the information that we have to offer, our concerns about our communities and families, and the truth of our lived experiences. It's easier to write me off as unreasonable, unstable, and unworthy versus listen to my truth and actually have to make a change in the way you think, feel, or act in regards to a specific situation. I've been viewed as an angry Black woman when I was really just concerned, tired, being assertive, or professionally addressing someone's willful ignorance with factual information. I've been told that I was intimidating because I refused to proceed with a work assignment until the compensation was clear and suitable. While I was negotiating for that assignment, the recruiter for the event didn't have all the details required for me to make an informed decision, so I assertively discussed the compensation offering over several phone calls. And at the end of the day, I decided to decline because the details didn't align with what I know I'm worth. And later on, I had a conversation with a supervisor about something separate, and she mentioned that the recruiter told her that I was intimidating during the conversation. That's just one example, but here's another. In a room with mostly white women, I was classified as angry while clarifying factual information about a statement made regarding racism. Keep in mind that my tone was respectful, I waited my turn, I asked questions to make sure I understood, and I spoke my truth. The speaking my truth part tends to make people uncomfortable no matter how professionally I present it. And the truth is, some people want comfort more than they want honesty, more than they want change, and more than they want the real me. But here's the problem. My emotions are a part of what makes me beautiful, powerful, outspoken, and in tune with the people around me. They make me a better employee and business owner. Those emotions that lead to my speaking truth, those are the things that elevate my purpose in this world. They give me the fuel to live up to the fullness of who I am, even when it makes other people uncomfortable. You see, without my emotions, my truth, there is no me. The sad part is most of the time I'm not even angry. I'm just not walking around pretending 
like everything is okay and that I'm happy. That doesn't mean that I'm an angry woman. I get tired of having to smile and make other people comfortable in my presence while everyone else can just be themselves. Do you know how exhausting that is? Well, most of you that are listening to this podcast, you do know. Most of you that will read the blog, you get it. But for those of you that don't, it's tiring to have to flip and flop your emotions to avoid the stereotypical label of the angry black woman. It weighs on your mental and emotional health to feel as if you don't have the right to feel the way you feel, no matter how respectfully you express it. It's annoying as hell to see white women being complimented and labeled as courageous for speaking up, while black women are forced into silent submission through reprimands, write-ups, complaints, and lower rates of promotion in the workplace. This is how the myth persists in the psyche of who we are as Black women. It has us second-guessing ourselves and our decision to speak up, ask for what we want, question what doesn't make sense, and correct what's so blatantly wrong in some of the spaces we occupy. Now, does this mean we should just go out and start speaking our mind about any and everything? Absolutely not. As we express our emotions, no matter what they are, we need to be in tune with the method, manner, appropriateness, and timing. We can say the right thing at the wrong time or in the wrong manner, and it's still the wrong thing. This means self-awareness and having emotional intelligence, knowing how we feel, what those feelings mean, and how we can cope with them effectively enough that our communication, verbal and nonverbal, are appropriate for the situation and the intensity of the interaction. As I round out this conversation, I do want to make one thing clear. There are times where I am legitimately, unapologetically, and wholeheartedly an angry woman that happens to be Black. Here are a few appropriate times that you as a supporter can acknowledge, respect, and validate my anger, frustration, and emotional exhaustion related to my lived experiences. When I witness the lives of Black men, women, and children portrayed, believed to be, and treated as less valuable and worthy of protection, I get angry. When Black people are told to get over a history of violence, trauma, and injustice, even though the violence, trauma, and injustice still exists, I get angry. When I have to worry about the well-being of me, my husband, children, because the color of our skin is seen as threatening or unwelcome in the spaces we live and work, I get angry. And here's the thing. I don't use that anger to be harmful toward anyone else. I use it as a fuel for change. I use it to give me energy each and every day to show up and be the best version of me that I can be. For some, my skin is an automatic reason for them to feel offended or intimidated by me. But here's the thing. I get to choose what I do with that. No matter what you think of me, I'm going to continue to allow my emotions to shine through. Not just the nice, calm, cool, and agreeable me but also my frustrations, because those too are worthy to be heard. 
if you find yourself in a position where your anger is increasing and your outlets are few, as a Black woman, I want to share with you three tips that you can use if your anger is starting to get the best of you. The first tip is to have a support system, have a group of people that are safe spaces for you to talk about your anger and the root causes of that anger. Because sometimes we are angry and we don't have opportunities in many spaces to talk about the things that we're really angry about. The second tip is to take care of yourself. We also have another myth that is hurting us mentally and emotionally, and it's the myth of the strong black woman, the black woman that doesn't need help. We don't need anyone to talk to. We don't need anyone to help us to carry the load, the weight, the burden of a world that often does not value us. Getting rid of that myth and understanding that we do need care. We are vulnerable. We do have weaknesses, but that does not make us weak. That we can pick up the phone, that we can ask for help and realize that we are still strong, just not invincible. And the last tip is cope before you communicate. What I mean by that is before you address that coworker that maybe said something that was insensitive or frustrating, before you address it, call up on strategies that help you to relax to bring the anger and the frustration down to a manageable level so that when you approach the individual and have that conversation, you can still use the angry energy as fuel, but it doesn't become the spotlight of the entire conversation. The anger doesn't become the main event of the communication. This isn't always easy to take your time step back, think things through, and decide whether or not you're going to speak up and speak your truth. And there are times where it's better for us to stay quiet versus enter into a conversation where our anger is up to that 10, and then it ends up causing more issues on top of everything else. And here we go, full circle, where we are being classified as the angry Black woman. And that is not what we want. We want to have strategy. We want to have a voice, but also know that we have a choice in how we manage and express our anger. I'm so glad you showed up for this conversation today. I hope it was helpful. Whether you are a black woman who has experienced the things that I'm talking about or a white woman that's just curious, I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation because I don't speak for all black women. We are not a monolith and we don't always have the same experiences. That is a myth. So there are some black women that will listen to this and not relate, and that is okay. And there are some white women that might listen and say, that thing has happened to me. I can relate to that. But either way, we are in this together as powerful women, as women leaders, changing the world one empowered woman at a time. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found value in the conversation. Keep in mind that the information shared is not a substitute for services from a licensed mental health provider or medical professional. To read the blog version of this conversation, go to my website at livelikeher.com 
and check it out. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at live like her too and on Facebook at live like her. Join me again next week for another conversation about who we are, who we want to be, and how to become her.